We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends. I'm so happy to be hanging out with you for a little while today here on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. You know, I have to say the biggest problems I see in relationships are power plays, a push and pull of energy where everyone is trying in an unskilled fashion to get their needs met. Of course, we all want our needs met and everybody deserves to, but there has to be a better way than manipulation. The second challenge, and some would actually argue that this is the first challenge in relationships, is the subject of money. So today we're going to be talking about these important topics, how we can all get our needs met, what part money plays in relationships, and how we can use all of these challenges or opportunities to become more empowered in our relationships and in our lives. Today we're here with the author of a wonderfully classic book called My Needs, Your Needs, Our Needs, Jerry Gillies. Jerry spent 12 years as a broadcast journalist and was a psychology expert at NBC Radio. Jerry retired to Florida at the age of 32 to write his own self-help books and conduct workshops, including a very popular workshop called Love Labs in Miami. So, Jerry, I'm so happy to be having this conversation with you here today. Well, I'm happy to be here, Tammy. It's uh, This is a subject uh, both of us, of course, have thought about a lot and Hopefully, we'll come up with some new insights. I'm always open to learning something new. And I know you are an expert in talking and teaching about prosperity consciousness, which is also one of my favorite subjects. So I'm looking forward to getting you back to have that conversation. But I'm also really happy and honored you're here to talk about the important topic of relationships. I ran across your book, started reading it, My Needs, Your Needs, Our Needs, and I loved it. So much of what you write about is timeless and classic. I agree with it. And uh, you opened my mind even further. So I have to say I appreciate that so much. So thank thank you, Tammy. The book's been around for quite a while. In fact, it's actually out of print right now. Uh, And a digital version will be available sometime later this year. But uh, as you got your copy, I think people can get used copies through Amazon and online. Yes, exactly. That's what I did as well. So something I really love about this book and other books that I've read of yours, you offer exercises, questions, and techniques that really open one's mind and heart and conversation. So I think it's, it's, I don't know if this is your subtitle, Exciting Exercises and Techniques Developed by the Human Potential Movement and the latest biofeedback programs. So can you talk a little bit about why you do what you do with that? Well, I think uh, we're talking about having experiences and putting things into action. So many people who talk on relationships or do workshops really are just lecturing. And I think unless you give people within the context of the book or an audio program or a live program, unless you give them some experiences to try out, to put things into action, it's not going to have the impact. However brilliant a statement you make, if people don't put it into practice, 
nothing's going to happen. Action is what it's all about. And yeah, I also yeah, it, it's engaging. It connects somebody to their heart. It it opens the communication, which I think is so vital. It makes it participatory is what it does for me. Absolutely. And there, uh, if I can tell you one story about connection in an exercise, a friend sure. of mine, Emily Coleman, who uh, was very big in the 70s and 80s doing relationship workshops, and she wrote a book called Making Friends with the Opposite Sex. So I was at a workshop of hers at a psychology conference in Hawaii. And she had us pick a partner that we did not know, preferably of the opposite sex. So I picked a beautiful blonde, um, which is not unusual for me to do. And we sat down and our instruction was to sit back to back. Now, she was talking about the fact that we normally don't get to know very much about someone when we first meet them. But that can be a, very, a really vital time period. And her instructions were to have a fantasy. We closed our eyes, and you had to have a fantasy of doing some fun activity with this other person you had never met before. So I had some rather dreary fantasy about going on a picnic or something. It wasn't very exciting. but. My partner, who was very dynamic and innovative and creative and still is and has become a good friend, she said, my fantasy is that I could give you everything you ever wanted from a woman. Mm. Well, that struck me dumb for a while. <laughs> now, I'll shoot ahead in this story. We became we had sort of a little romantic fling, but we mainly became friends in it over a period of years. And she married a psychologist, and they moved to Amsterdam uh, back in the 1980s. So they've been there quite a while. I've lost touch with her since then. I think the last time I talked to her was 1989. I got a Facebook message from Ricky Moore. And she said she had a house sitter when they were off doing some workshops around the world. She had a house sitter, a Dutch woman in their home in Amsterdam, who found my copy of Money Love that I had inscribed to her, which was another book of mine that followed my needs, your needs, our needs, and talked about prosperity. And she said, that house sitter fell in love with the book and kept on talking about it. So Ricky wondered, where in the world has Jerry Gillies gotten to? She looked me up on Google, and she found out that I was working on another book, a new book on prosperity. And she wrote me a message saying, I have to be a part of that book. And so she was. Now, that invokes something I call serendipity, which I think is really also important in relationships, the yes. openness to things happening, to surprises. Oh, uh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Having an open heart and an open mind are so, so important in any kind of relationship experience. 
And Ricky came up with a formula that I put in the book that she calls the tri-energetics formula. And it's good for every aspect of life and especially meaningful for relationships. And if I can just share it, she said, first of all, first of all, Dr. Ricky Moore says, know what you need. Then say what you want. Have clear intentions and be flexible, compassionate, and curious. Now, if you have all of those factors, you are going to have a successful experience. Whether you're looking at a personal experience, a friendship, a love relationship, anything, if you know what you need, say what you want, have clear intentions and are flexible, compassionate, and curious, you're a winner automatically. Mm. And I love that formula. It's so easy. Yeah, it makes things very comprehensive. It makes things make sense. And when I reflect on relationships that did not work, I was not clear on what I wanted, who I was, what my preference was. I couldn't articulate it, and I wasn't flexible. So I guess it's no wonder those relationships didn't work out very well. And it's good to have little formulas. I have a bunch of them in my, in my book Yes. Uh, to measure things against. In other words, if you're having a relationship problem, Look at where you are weak. Maybe you're not having clear intentions. Maybe you're not being curious or compassionate. And there's so many factors that come together. And as long as you're willing to be open to the possibilities, uh, you'll have greater success than most people. And you will expand your relationship horizons, whether you're now in that relationship or you're seeking it. You want to attract it. Yeah. Openness for sure. You know, so that you and I I think that's about being flexible. It's about maybe having a preference rather than an an attachment. And I also think you brought up something really profound that's helped me so much is the subject of curiosity. So many of us want to be right and we want to be heard and we want our needs met, but we're not in the place where we're open and we're curious about the other. We assume we know them, but but. There's always something else to learn. What I find is people want to argue to be right or win, but that in turn makes others feel bad and wrong. So then they don't feel loved or appreciated. And yeah, people don't want to be there forever if that's the case. Well, you know, there was a a great workshop leader called Betty Fuller who did a lot of workshops at Esalen Institute. And I was in a workshop with her on relationships and she made a statement that I've never forgotten. She said, If you're married and you win an argument with your spouse, all that means is you're going to bed with a loser. That's a different way of looking at it, but yes. (laughs) And boy, that could wake you up about, you know, arguing and, you know, that, that great, you know, admonition, never, never, ever go to bed angry. Yeah, that expounds on it even further. I have considered, you know, if I win, that means they lose and they don't like the feeling of that. And, and really, I don't either. But yeah, now they're a loser. <laughs> so that's, that's funny. <laughs> so something else I love that you write about in your book, My Needs, Your Needs, Our Needs, is the subject of sharing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, I think there is a lot of not sharing going on in relationships where you don't share 
vital parts of yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that everything you do or want or desire is going to be a passion of your partners. But to share the information and find a way of communicating it that makes it interesting for them and arouses their curiosity, I, I think the unshared stuff at the core of any relationship is what causes problems down the road. Well, yeah, there's no intimacy if you're not really sharing. And relationships are about communication. I mean, all life, all success in every area of life is about communication. It's about saying, again, what you want and asking for what you want and telling what you're willing to give and how you can share something that is important to both of you. And I think that's so important to have something you're mutually passionate about. It doesn't have to be your work. You may be in totally different professions, but something you're excited about, whether it's bird watching or going to old movies or game shows on television, maybe playing Jeopardy together and seeing who, who gets the best score. I mean, whatever it is, there should be some fun, passionate activity that's in your regular schedule that you share. Yes, I like that. I often, when I perceive a healthy relationship, it's like the MasterCard symbol. There's two whole circles that are overlapping. And then there is that connection and that sharing and that joy. And then there's maybe places you don't overlap. And that's okay, too. You know, you don't want somebody who's 100% like you and, you know. Not one person is going to fulfill every one of your needs, but I absolutely agree that there has to be that connection and that enjoyment of mutual interests. I'll share an exercise with you, if I may, that I did with uh, relationship partners and still like a lot. And it's one I came up with after writing My Needs, Your Needs, Our Needs. And it's called The Six Questions. And what you do is you face your partner in a comfortable place. It could be in bed. It could be sitting on a couch or on the floor if you have a carpet or pillows. And the first part of it is you say to your partner, now, I did it on a weekly basis. Every Sunday morning with my partner, we did this, no matter what. No matter how busily scheduled the day was, we took the time, and usually it was a half hour or less to do this. And it was, the results were quite profound. I make three statements to my partner that things that I like that she did or said in the past week. Now, they could be very small things. Uh, like, I, I really like the fact that you picked up one of my favorite treats at the grocery store. Or I like the fact that you... Uh, were there and listened to me when I talked about a problem. doesn't matter what they are. And all she gets to say, and sometimes it's called the six thank yous, she gets to say thank you. She doesn't get to expound on it or elaborate on it in any way. You tell her something you like, three things you like, and for each of them she says thank you, and then she does the same for you, and all you say is thank you. Then you tell her three things that either upset or disappointed you or you would 
think she could have done better? Mm. And the same response. Thank you. Don't elaborate. Don't ask more questions. You can always discuss it after the exercise if if you have a need to do so. But during the exercise, the only response is thank you. Now, from very simple things, you can get into pretty profound things pretty quickly. But for me, the biggest benefit of this is stuff doesn't build up. Sometimes we don't share the good stuff with our partner, things we appreciate that we're grateful for. This is an opportunity for that. And sometimes we don't share those little niggling things that might not really upset us so that we don't think we have to discuss it because it's not really a big deal. But it can become a big deal if it doesn't get expressed. So that's one of my favorite sharing exercises in relationships. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, it does seem like it would keep the lines of communication open so that you're not having to guess or suppress or anything like that. That's that's interesting. I, I often play what I appreciate about you, but I've never um, gone as far as you have in regards to bringing up those things that maybe aren't awesome. <laughs> but well, I can see where that would be. Yeah. yeah. And here's a core principle of relationships. If I think all relationships would be better if we accepted this as a basic truth. Your partner is not a mind reader. Mm. In other words, (laughs) unless you tell them, they don't know what you want. Yeah, we can assume that they know. But assuming what's that what's that saying? Assuming makes an ass out of you and me. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So, Nadari, I want to segue into the other part of this conversation that I think is so important, and that's the subject of money. I, I guess I don't, I don't think I was surprised when I read that that was the number one issue in relationships and problems and, you know, sometimes catalysts for divorce. I would think it was having kids or something. But um, I want to talk a little bit about why that is and how we can maybe start to have a conversation and make this a less charged dynamic? Well, one of the problems at the core of that issue is that there is a big difference between men and women. I think it's my personal opinion that men are genetically coded to be the producer to, from going back from, you know, the, the early prehistoric days when they were out hunting with their little hammer or their bow and arrow or their spear or whatever tool they used and bringing food to the table, there's something embedded in men that really feels it needs to be producing for the partner, for the woman. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, today we have a lot of women who are producing They've become liberated to a point to quite often women are producing more than men in terms of money in a relationship. And that always causes some conflict, which they may either bury or finally bring up for discussion. I'm I'm aware of this because I just did a coaching session with a woman who's very successful. She made $300,000 last year. Her husband runs the family farm and barely breaks even. Now, they've been married for over 20 years, and she seems to be a pretty happy person in her life. But she says it often comes up that she has this feeling of he's not contributing his share. So I worked with her, and I got her to realize 
he is contributing his share. He is creating a stable home and a place she feels comfortable going back to as her base after she's out in the world producing. Now, that may be a role reversal in some people's minds, but it doesn't really matter. As long as they openly accept that things are changing and it doesn't really matter if the man or the woman or both are the breadwinners. Now, another thing about money is that it's a taboo subject. So I think it's something we need to discuss in a relationship. That may be the key to everything, in fact, concerning money, because there's a lot of secrets people keep about money. Men yes. who are out making perhaps a lot of money or in the business world are used to keeping everything close to the vest, so to speak. Mm. And women may feel uncomfortable. A lot of women have a little hidden uh, stash of money to keep them sort of feeling that they're independent if anything ever goes wrong with the relationship or an emergency comes up. And that's a stash they never tell the man about. Well, that is a withhold. That is something that may be creating negative energy in the relationship. The more open you are, and this is also with children, by the way, I was very unusual in that my parents talked to me about the money situation. I knew exactly what my father's salary was, how much they had in the bank, which wasn't much at any given time, and any major purchases, I was asked for my opinion. I don't say they always listened to me. Well, they did listen to me, but they didn't always act. But I was feeling a part of the process. And I think in a relationship, both partners have to feel a part of the process. And you have to realize that money is energy, just like love is energy. And if you don't have your energy clear, if you don't have it sort of purified on a regular basis with putting it out in the open, what you want and what you need, and have a clear intention about money as well as everything else, it's going to come up as a problem. I love that. And I think it's so true. And I mean, just as you're speaking, I'm that that does seem very unusual that you were um, a participant in that conversation as a young child. I have no idea. There were so many secrets around money. And I guess that's kind of followed me into other relationships. So I, I think that's really a, a kind of a revelation I've had. Well, having this conversation right there. I think that's so interesting. But you're right. If we don't keep that communication open and honest and clear, there's opportunities for it to get kind of uh, infected, if you will. Yeah, a lot of relationships get infected over money, and it's usually at the core of it. When you look deeply into it, you'll see that it was someone's unwillingness to share information. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually at the very beginning of the relationship, and to not ask for what they wanted uh, in in terms of you know what they wanted from the other person, what they wanted for themselves. And we all have an internal want list, but we don't always share it in its entirety. So people order short, and sometimes they get surprised in a relationship. Uh, a man will produce and produce and overwork to get his wife this big, gorgeous house. And he's crushed when she says, I didn't want a big, gorgeous house. I would have been happy staying in that little 
pretty little simple cottage we were in. I would rather have this and this and this. But she never shared that with him and he never suspected it. So he made that assumption and it created this big schism in the relationship. Mm. Yeah, I can see that happening. Well, Jerry, we just have a couple of minutes here, and I know people are loving what you're having to say. How can they find you? How can they get um, more Jerry Gillies? Well, uh, they can get a lot of free information and posts and uh, a free inspirational quote every week at moneyloveblog.com. And just for your listeners, (laughs) For the new book, Money Love 3.0, which is, as I said, quite applicable to relationship stuff as well as money stuff. It's all prosperity. Uh, I consider prosperity being about good relationships, good health, doing work you're really passionate and excited about, and incidentally having all the money you want. If they want to get a terrific limited offer just for Tammy's listeners, Click in moneyloveblog.com forward slash Tammy, T-A-M-M-I, moneyloveblog.com slash Tammy, and they'll get a special, they'll go to a special page just for your listeners and hear about some uh, surprises. Yes. Yeah, this has been Incredible. And I know those surprises, because you've shared them with me, are empowering and uplifting, and they expand one's ability to prosper, connect more deeply to their value, to their partner. So click on that. Find that out. Come to Tammy B. PhD. Also, ask questions. Let's have this conversation. Let's continue the communication. I'm so honored to be here with you. And Jerry, thank you so much for being here with us. And I look forward to getting you back on here and talking more about prosperity, consciousness, and money love. Well, thank you, Tammy. You know, my favorite interviews to do are with people who are fellow teachers, because every time I talk to you, I start thinking about things in new ways and come up with <laughs> some new ideas. So I'm, I've been taking notes. Oh, and you've been doing that for me, and I do love the continued expansion and uh, to have that beginner's mind, even if we are experts. <laughs> so my listeners, thank you for being with us here today. Thank you to my lovely producer, Remy. I look forward to connecting with you and celebrating with you and ascending with you more again very soon. God bless you. Bye for now. Bye for now. 